Hey, what's going on, family? Welcome back to the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. I'm your host, Lamar Tyler. And today, right, you're in the right spot. If you are a black entrepreneur looking to grow and scale your business or you're looking for vehicles to accelerate your wealth creation, because I have one of my favorite people, best-selling author and founder of Golders Carrot Publishing, Crystal Swain Bates. What's going on, Crystal? Hey, Lamar, what's up? Nothing much. So what's up is all these books you sell. So <laughs> let's be clear. Let's be very clear about Getting that. right into it. So I wanted you to come to the show mm -hmm. because if y'all don't know, let me look you straight in your face. I'm bringing you today. Crystal has sold over 600,000 books on Amazon. That is crazy, right? And I think they didn't know it's crazy because the average author sells how many? Less than 200 books in their lifetime. In their lifetime, yes. right? <laughs> and I know it's like most authors, they, you know, they have multiple books and once they write, people love to write, but they don't mm -hmm. oftentimes love to sell. Nope. That's another conversation. We might need to get to that, but they love to write. <laughs> so 600,000, like how does that even feel when you hear somebody say that? I mean, I never, I never thought I would sell that many books. And honestly, I wasn't tracking it. Until you mentioned it to me, <laughs> you know, because I was like, oh, I'm just making money from books. This is great. But um, once I started tracking and I said, oh, wait a minute, this is really different. And I'm I'm waiting to hit one million. I, I know I'm going to hit one million. So I love it. How many people I don't even know if you know, like, you know, how many people have sold a million books on Amazon? I mean, outside of the Stephen Kings and all that jazz, I have no idea. But I, I've don't think it's a lot of people. It has to be rare. Yeah. I don't think it's a lot of people. And, and when we talk about this conversation, one of the things always impress upon people is that when I say Crystal Swain Bates sold over 600,000 books, we're talking about your, we're not talking about your publishing company nope. and all of these, like we have a stable of, you know, 30 authors and combined, mm -hmm. we talking about that have come from your pen, Yes. your, well, not your pen, right? I'm kind of old school. Uh, your <laughs> laptop, I guess, right? Or your, your mobile device. I write by hand. Right, <laughs> I right. do write by okay, hand. Okay. Yes. These are books that I came up with. I created. I wrote every single one of them. And yeah, they, they're selling. They're selling. But it's because I have a plan. I have a strategy. And because I treat my books like a business. Oh, so. that's good. That's good. All right. So we're about to hop into the business part because I know you got a ton of nuggets around selling yes. and how you sold that many on Amazon. But first... I'm curious how you even got here. Like, were you always, as a young girl, like, hey, I want to be an, an author, I want to be a writer when I grow up, or was it something else? Actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had met me back when I was like five, six, seven, eight years old, I wanted to be an author. That's what I wanted to do. But, you know, kind of life happens. You start mm -hmm. getting older, and you start hearing that authors don't make money. So that's yep. what I heard. Authors don't make money. I mean, I, heard, I had all these books of like poetry and little short stories. But when I started college, I didn't go for creative writing because I wanted to have a degree that I could make money from. So I went for first biology, was a biology okay. major. Um, I quickly realized that I am not good in math or science. Okay. <laughs> so um, I ended up switching over to international affairs. Again, it has nothing to do with book publishing, but it was something that I thought I could, you know, make money from, at least more than getting a creative writing degree or an English degree. Yeah. So once I got that degree, you know, I started working. Um, I ended up working for a lot of our three-letter agencies. Okay. Um, and that was cool. I was an intelligence analyst. I loved it. But... I always had that little nagging feeling that like, man, you did not publish a book. You wanted to publish a book. You wrote all these things. You never published anything. Uh, so I did try. I tried to publish a book in between like uh, undergrad and grad school. Okay. And I went on Craigslist looking for an illustrator. 
the story goes downhill. Yeah, that. I guess I was feeling. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you bitch Craigslist, yeah. Um, I paid this guy like $150 to do some illustrations for me for my children's book. This book is called Super Mommy. And uh, yeah, let's just say he gave me $150 worth of illustrations. <laughs> and so that book with those illustrations never saw the light of day. And it took me seven years later before I actually was able to publish my first book. Wow. So let me ask you, was it seven years because of the disappointment of just that process. Seven years of like, hey, you know what? Let me just put this on a back burner. And then, you know, one year turns to seven. Like, what, 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 what was it? It was a little bit of both. Okay. Really, I was disappointed. You know, I didn't have a lot of money. Um, you know, not a lot of money, not enough to go and hire somebody that cost thousands of dollars at that time. Um, and I didn't have a lot of resources. I Like, mm. now things have changed. You know, technology has improved. It's a lot easier. But then it was much harder. So I was disappointed. And then again, I was starting grad school. I was very busy. Um, and I really wasn't thinking about it for a long time. It took me yeah. years to finally get back to publishing. And so when I did, um, it was really weird because I literally just kind of woke up one day and I was like, you know what? I'm about to move home to Atlanta. I'm about to launch a publishing company and publish six books in one year. I didn't have any books. I had never launched a business. <laughs> <laughs> I had never done any of those things except live in Atlanta. But I did all of that stuff. I quit my job, my good government job, all right? I quit my job. I moved home. Um, what's cool was that my mom, you know, was like very open to it. She, wow. You know, a lot of people will say, don't you quit your good government job. Exactly. Like, don't you? She was like, okay, you want to come home and write? All right, sure. That'll be great. Never told me I couldn't do it or I was making a crazy move, you know? And so I appreciate that because I feel like a lot of times we have a dream or we have an idea, but somebody close to us will tell us like, that's crazy. Don't do yeah. that. Especially if they haven't done it before. If they've never done it before. Yeah. And we don't know anybody that's done it before. Right. I didn't have right. any family members who were authors. Um, but I did it and I just started writing. I picked up a job uh, in Atlanta just so I could make me some money, <laughs> you know, because I didn't want to not have a job and I needed a source of income to cover the cost of my illustrators, formatters, all that jazz. Um, published the first book and I was like, oh, this is, wait a minute, I'm on to something. And, and the reason I even started to begin with, besides the fact that I always wanted to write. Yeah. I decided to write children's books because when I started looking around, you know, my brother and his wife, they're about to have a baby. I started looking for books and I was like, where are the books for black children? Where are the books where black kids are just having fun? All of the books were so sad, so slavery focused. Right. You know, it was, every children's book was about the struggle. And I was like, where are the fun <laughs> books? <laughs> where are the books with black princesses and black superheroes? And like history is important, but it's got to be something more than that. And I didn't find Little it. white kids not reading struggle books. They're not reading struggle <laughs> books, you know? <laughs> so I decided, you know, instead of me complaining about it, like, you know what? I can do this. I can write these books. And so that was what I did. Um, six books I did in that first year. And I literally just kept publishing and publishing and publishing. And then I started getting out, doing expos, selling them at like the Sweet Auburn Fest out in the hot sun, you know, <laughs> with my books. I did one book festival and it was hot. <laughs> I didn't do any more. But yeah, I, I commend you. <laughs> yes, I mean, they're a lot. They really are a lot of work. And for me, that's the best thing that I ever did because 
It's different when you're selling online. You don't ever get to see your customer. Correct. They don't yeah. ever get to see your product. But in person, people were coming up. Oh, I love this. Wow. They were looking at my books. And don't let a kid be with them because every kid loves my <laughs> books. So they would come over. Oh, mommy, that looks like me. And as an author, that's the best thing that you can hear, you know, and to see the excitement in a kid's face as they're looking at your books. So that was when I knew like, okay, Crystal, this is a good thing. And this is going to, to go beyond just these first six books. You're going to publish a lot more. So I, I got questions on that because uh, we did an interview with fellow TSP Mastermind member, Angela Hawkins, mm -hmm. right? Shout yes. out to Bamboo. And Angela was talking about how with her, um, her um, Bamboo uh, bed linens, mm -hmm. she started by vending. And she was talking about the advantage of it because she got to learn who her customer was and yes. see who was on the other side and talk mm -hmm. to them. Was that the same thing you were finding when you were doing these book festivals and exactly. talking to folks? Exactly. And what was so great about it is I was able to kind of see, all right, these are the books that they're really gravitating towards. These are the ones that they don't really care about it. Uh, they, they don't really care about. And they started asking me for things. Mm. So, oh, wait, do you have a T-shirt with that character? Oh, I don't now, but guess what? I'm going to have to go home and make one. <laughs> I'll yeah. have it next time. So a lot of the ideas that they gave me, I went ahead and created. And that, I did it for years. Years and mm. years and years I vended uh, for about eight years straight. I love it. Now, when you, when you did the first six books, did they immediately take off? Did book one just start flying off the shelves? Or was it like book four or five? Or was it... Still at the end of six, none of them are, are crazy yet, but they making just a little bit. What did, what did that look like as far as revenue? So I feel like that first couple of books, uh, I think the first amount of money I made was maybe like $60. And I was like, <laughs> I made some money. <laughs> Somebody in this world is buying my books. And, you know, it's funny when you're making money passively, because at this point mm -hmm. it's passive income, because you wrote the book and now it's there and it's selling. So I'm like, I made this money in my sleep. And if I can make that, I know that I can make more. So that was kind of my introduction into passive income um, and selling things online. Um, every single month, the number of sales increased. Okay. My royalty checks increased every single month. And that is why I decided to write more and more and more. Because for me, a lot of it is a numbers game. Okay. You know, most people just publish one book. They do one book. And then they're kind of looking, they're checking their numbers. All right, I sold three this week. Great, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a numbers game because, you know, the more books you publish, maybe there's a book that somebody doesn't want. But if you have five books, there's something yeah. in this collection that you're going to want. And that's why I just keep publishing. And um, it's really surprised me how much money you can make from self-publishing because people would always say that was taboo. You know, oh, you don't yes, self-publish. Yeah. Oh, no, I want to And what, what year was this you did the first book? 2013. Okay, so it was very much more taboo than it is, <laughs> than it is now, right? It was yes. like, oh, you're not in the fit. You know, who's, you're doing it yourself. Oh, yep. It had like a very, uh, I remember back then, it had a lot of bootleg connotations to it. it like, like people felt like you weren't official if you published your own book. Right? Yeah, it was like 
people selling those bootleg DVDs. Like, I got my little bootleg <laughs> book, you know? <laughs> and I think that that was kind of the mentality that a lot of other self-published authors had. Because a lot of people, and still to this day, are putting out self-published books that do look bootleg. They do look, they look self-published. Like, literally, yeah. I can see a book and I'm like, you did that cover yourself on Microsoft Word. You know, so people aren't treating it like a business. But I could, you know, always tell. Um, for me... I wasn't worried about it being taboo because guess what? I was publishing something that the mainstream publishers weren't publishing. So I'm not about to go and beg you all to publish my book. I'm not about to send you my manuscript and wait six months to a year for you to write me back and tell me you're not looking for books like this. Yeah. So there are a lot of people who have a great book idea or they've actually written it and they're still trying to get somebody's permission, you know, and like, you say the gatekeepers are gone, like exactly. the publishing gatekeepers are gone. We can publish our own books now. And that's for me the most powerful thing because when you publish on your own, you're able to get that book out very quickly. Mm -hmm. If you publish through a company, by the time you wait to finally get accepted and they take a year to publish you, that information might be old, outdated. Yeah. You know, it's not even valid anymore. Whereas somebody like me, I'm going to beat you because I'm about to get that book out in two or three months. That's good. And, and you're on their schedule. And you're on their marketing because they might have mm -hmm. 20 other authors they need to publish before you. So you're in that queue. But like you said, yep. you might say, hey, I need to get paid next month. Exactly. So let me... <laughs> got this trip I want to take. Uh, exactly. Let me do this book launch and get it in there. Yep. All right. So so the six books, how long did... Was that like the whole first year it took you or that, was that six books? Yeah, so it took me okay. about that whole first year. Okay, so you kind of get those six in, you validate the idea that, hey, this is something, I'm making money, my checks are starting to get bigger. When did you feel like things like really took off where you look and was like, okay, thing, this is this is not just like something I can do, but this is lucrative, validate. Because I think sometimes entrepreneurs, right, we, um, even if we start to get inklings that, hey, this could be something, it sometimes may take a little while if we like, okay, this is <laughs> this ain't like, okay, I thought it could be, this position from where I think it could be something to like, this literally is something. Like for you, when did that kind of light bulb Ooh. switch it? Okay, this is official. I want to say when Amazon started reaching out to me. Okay. So there was a point where I got an email from someone at Amazon and they were like, hey, we see your book, Big Hair Don't Care, is number one on the children's bestsellers list. And I was like, oh, is it? <laughs> did, you, did you check to make sure it was really Amazon? I see, I see stuff like that. I'd be like, let me look at the end of this, end of this uh, domain name. Let me see. It was absolutely Amazon. <laughs> it was someone that I ended up working closely with for a few years. Um, and they were just reaching out. Wow. And so we ended up getting on the phone. And that was like my first contact with Amazon. And they ended up inviting me out to uh, go to Capitol Hill on Prime Day. And it's funny because it's Prime Day right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> on Prime Day to speak to um, congressmen and women about being a small business on Amazon. That was when I knew, like, okay, I must be doing something that's really excellent and that's different from the other independent publishers because they wouldn't be reaching out if my numbers were low. Right. Um, so that kind of gave me that extra little, you know, validation and credibility. And after that, just things started taking off. Um, podcast interviews, I was being invited to speak. People were leaving me a lot of reviews. And really, one of my favorite things is I started getting people tagging my books without me asking. Wow. So I would go on social media and I would just start searching for my name or the name of my company. And I was seeing all these kids holding up my book or reading <laughs> my books. And I was like, 
oh, this is a movement. So it's it's it really hasn't stopped. And, that's, and how how does that feel, right? Because it's one thing. Like I have adults come up to me and like, hey, you know, I read your book, business, but it got to feel different with the kids. Like to know that. <laughs> Because we remember when we were kids and we would like read, we had our favorite books and we would, yes. you know, like, hey, like read this to me every night and kind of look up to them and, and love those mm -hmm. books and everything. How does it feel when it's your book that they were holding in those pictures? It, and, and not just in those pictures, because I've seen the classroom doors, <laughs> right, where the teacher has like outfitted the whole classroom doors as one of your books. Like, yes. that has to be amazing. It, it, it really, truly is. It honestly it makes me feel like I'm a part of Black history. Wow. Never in my life did I think I would see a classroom door from somebody that I don't know. I'm not friends right. with this person. They're across the U.S. and they've got my face, my books and my my name there as, you know, for Black History Month. Um, people I had somebody reach out to me and say, my daughter is doing a play and she decided to be you in the play. <laughs> people are like, my daughter's writing a book report about you. We need to know your a date of birth. I'm like, hold on now. <laughs> Y'all asking for some sensitive information. Those are things that I never would have dreamed of ever having, especially being self-published, yeah. um, you know, no prior publishing or marketing experience. It makes me feel incredible. And and really knowing that these kids are getting a chance to, to read the books that we wish existed when we were kids. You know, they don't have to just see the struggle books. They get to see books of themselves doing all kinds of different things. So it, it's incredible. It really is, yeah. I, I love it, I love it. Now, let's talk about, because again, you sold over 600,000 books. So you know some stuff about books, right? You know, we yeah. had you speak at the event, you blew it out. Then I know three months later, everybody in Travis Southern Private got a journal. Everybody, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> everybody. No, actually, <laughs> let me, actually, let me rephrase it. Everybody and their mama. Everybody and their mama had a journal at GSB, right? Because you broke it down, you made it easy. And we've even hired you. You've done some uh, workbooks mm -hmm. and journals and things for us. Uh, let's talk about, like, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see authors make mm. and it sounds like you already said one right like just making that one book yeah and, and thinking like that one book is going to be the thing that blows them up yep. or takes them over the top what are mm -hmm. some other things you see people often do um doing a memoir mm. i feel like <laughs> i'm not even gonna say what just popped in my head when you that. <laughs> so i meet so many people and when they find out that i'm an author the first thing they say is oh i had a memoir Everybody thinks their story and their life is so important. And I get that. Like, that's, I'm sure you're so important. But when it comes to sales, so I have this thing where a lot of people talk about passion driven profit. Wait, no, no. Uh, passion driven publishing. Okay. Passion driven publishing, which to me is you're just publishing a book because you're so passionate about that topic. Mm -hmm. And I focus on profit driven publishing. Okay, I like that. So when you're doing a memoir, unless you're a celebrity or people know you, you're nobody's going to buy that book. You're going to get sales from your family and friends and that's it. So that's number one. Number two is not validating their book idea. Mm. So we come up with these ideas, you know, maybe we're, uh, we in our dream, we, <laughs> we wake up and we're like, I got an idea. I'm going to publish this book. But we haven't done the research to see, is this something that people already want? Like, is this something that people are asking for? And they just publish a book and then they're like, why is nobody buying it? It's because nobody wanted that book. Mm, you know, one of the best things you can do if you're thinking about publishing is to look and see what people are already searching for. What are people already searching for? Because if you're already searching for this thing, and I'm knowledgeable about that thing. Let me publish a book about that thing. Exactly. You I'm know, 
I'm not trying to just publish a book to crickets. That's not what I ever want to do. Another thing is definitely the cover. The cover. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just people that are just being extra. But you look at people's <laughs> covers, you can't even read the title. It's in this little cursive, this little all cute right. little italicized font. And it's got all this background stuff. You're like, what does that say? <laughs> and they only know what it says because it's their book. They know exactly. the title, but nobody totally else right. can read it. When you think about when you're shopping for your books, do you buy your books from Amazon? Amazon, yes. All right. From a phone. You're scrolling on a little device that's this big. You're scrolling. Those thumbnail images of the book, that's all a person's going to see. They're tiny. A person needs to be able to make out the title of the book and kind of what it's about just from the thumbnail. That's good. And if they can't, they're just going to keep going. So you need to have a thumbnail-ready book cover that attracts readers. I love it. Um, I'm gonna keep going. All right. Not because those, those are good. You know, even, even <laughs> like some more stuff. Even, even even the first like, Crystal, I've been waiting to bash these. Uh, all this, like, no, but this is good because even the first one when you talked about the memoirs, right? You hit on the head because the first thing I was thinking when you said that is, don't nobody know you. Nobody. And if don't nobody know you, don't nobody care about your like your nope. story has to be so amazing, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, like, yes, everybody has a story inside, right? <laughs> everybody, you know, has been through things and they've made that's that's great. But people don't care. I think that's the part. Like, you can literally have a great story mm -hmm. and people still not care. And if yep. they don't care enough, they'll never even open it up nope. to see what the story is. Exactly. So like, all right. So you, so you got more. More stuff that people do. Yeah, I, I got right. some more stuff. All right, give us some more. I um, want to make sure our listeners don't fall into these things. Please traps. don't, because I'm going to judge you. If I see your book, <laughs> <laughs> it's got any of these things, I'm going to judge you. Okay, where do I want to go next? Up, with this? Look, I got, I got to make a disclaimer. Do not run up on Crystal talking about, hey, I, I saw you on the Travis Sosa <laughs> Profit Show. Here's my book. And the book got them curly Q, <laughs> cursive, italicized fonts. It's your memoir. Y'all do not represent me like this. All right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please don't. Um, okay, another thing I will say is um, not thinking about the transformation of the reader. Mm. So it's always it always has to be what's in it for them. What's in it for the reader? Um, you need to be able to articulate what I call a positioning statement. Okay. You know, I you know wrote this book for, and then you insert your ideal avatar, um, and then you insert what the transformation is so that they can do this. Most people don't know that. They just create something and they don't know who it's for. They think their book is for everyone. And if your book is for everybody, it's for nobody. You need to have a specific age range that it's for. Okay. It can't be for ages 2 through 82. That doesn't work. It also can't be for 2 through 15. I get a lot of people doing children's books, and I say, well, what's the um, the age range for your book? What's the grade level? Oh, uh, yeah, it's for um, like 6 through 16. No, it's not, because the <laughs> words that a 16-year-old is going right. to use are going to be different from that <laughs> words that a you know. Greatly so. Just. I got to watch the books my 16-year-olds read. I'll be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me let me prove this one real quick, right? So you're uh, absolutely right. Yeah. Um, another thing I see people do is they try to turn one book into every book they ever wanted to write in life. So mm -hmm. what I mean by that is I'm writing this book and it's got um, a children's book in the front. It's got coloring pages in the back. <laughs> it's got some recipes and then it's got some prayers. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So what I tell people is just because you are self-publishing your book 
that doesn't mean that your book should not look like a traditionally published book. Totally agree. Go to a bookstore, go to a library, flip through books in the genre that you're publishing your book in. If you're doing a children's book, look through some children's books, see what they look like, <laughs> you know, instead of just kind of coming up with something um, in your own mind. And then I guess the last thing I'll say is people just don't treat their book like a business. And that's something mm -hmm. I alluded to to begin with. But when you're publishing a book, you need to have some budget. You need to have some budget set aside to pay for a cover designer. You do need to have professional formatting. You need to know how to market the book. Do you even know how to sell the thing? You know, you don't know how to sell it. Do you have a website? Do you have, <laughs> mm -hmm. where do you, what are you doing with your book? And most people don't think of any of that stuff. But the truth of the matter is that you can make so much money from a book and not just from that book itself, but from products you can create from the book, you can create um, clothing lines, dolls, you know, mugs. Like I had tote bags. I launched party sets, so many things, duvet sets with yeah. my characters from my books, um, merchandising. You can do all of those things if you are you know, intentional about it and strategic. And if you're a coach, you can sell your coaching programs, you know, through your book on the back end. Um, there are so many things you can do, but people don't think about any of it. So they just kind of publish a book. The marketing is an afterthought. Um, they didn't plan properly and they sell 25 books and they think that books don't sell. Mm. So when they see somebody like me that's talking about how many books I've sold and how much money I'm making, they think I'm a scam. They're like, there's, <laughs> there's no way you're selling that many books because my book only sold 12. That's you. <laughs> That's you, you unfortunate soul. I, on the other hand, you know, I'm doing what I need to do. So um, I'm just glad that I discovered it. I'm glad that I'm able to, to kind of teach other people how to do it because nobody taught me. Yeah. I had to just kind of learn all of these things um, on my own and make the mistakes. But I think so many more of us need to be publishing. Yeah. And, and I, I love that you've kind of taken on the mantle to teach and help others now, right, with your community. What's the name of your Facebook group? Six Figure Self-Publishing Secrets. All right, right. Uh, so make sure y'all join the Facebook group. Join. But now you're helping so many others, and not just children's book authors, but, mm -hmm. you know, children's book. Is there any memoirs in there? If somebody <laughs> want to write a memoir, can they join the, <laughs> let me join the spot? If I got a hot memoir, can I join the group? You can join, but I'm going to get you to publish something else. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so, so it doesn't matter what kind of book you got, you can, you can be in the group. And just over the last few years, right, it's like you begin to gain a lot of outside notoriety as well. Because you talked about mm -hmm. how Amazon sent you down to Capitol Hill, but Amazon has also run you in several now national um, campaigns, you know. Yeah. So I was in an Amazon commercial, um, which was amazing. Like so much of this stuff, Lamar, feels like a dream because <laughs> it's like, how did these things happen? And they're still happening. I was in an Amazon commercial. They actually came to my house. Um, it meant a lot to me because that was my mom's house. Um, that I inherited after she passed away. And that's where I started. That's wow. where I started writing as a kid. So it has a lot of extra meaning to it that people don't know. Um, and my favorite thing about the commercial is at the beginning, beginning, I'm like walking. I have a little business suit, my little briefcase. And it says, this is the owner of Gold is Carrot Publishing. Um, and I go, I still have a day job for now. And then I go in the house. So what people don't know is I had a job. I had a day job. <laughs> that wasn't just a script. <laughs> <laughs> that was real life. I actually was still working full time. I worked full time most of the time I published. And about two months after that commercial aired is when I quit. Wow. Awesome. To become a full time author. 
And, so. And I love it. And, and y'all, for people that are watching, like, I want you to grasp. Like, this just was not like, hey, you know, you know, it's on, like, public access channels. I, I remember seeing one of your commercials. Uh, we were at a um, collaborative event in Vegas. And it was like during the NBA finals, I believe, or something. <laughs> and it's like, boom, there's there's Crystal. Like, we were in a restaurant and it's like, hey, it's like, like that's Crystal Swain Bates. And you were on the screen, right? Uh, uh for Amazon. I remember like another time seeing commercials, because now you run is is two, three times Ooh, different I, campaigns they've had you in. Honestly, I can't keep up. It's been several things. But several things. I several remember another things. time, like, you know, seeing you doing uh presidential debates. Yeah, and- I was there. Yeah, I was my commercial <laughs> ran during the debates. Um, I've spoken at Amazon's conference. It's their um, gender and diversity conference called AmazeCon. Um, I've been out to, flown out to Amazon several times to their headquarters. I've done um, Read to Kids Day. Like they have like a bring your kids to work day at Amazon. Yeah. Um, and I was able to, you know, read to the kids there. I was one of their featured authors. I've done some cool things. You know, one of, one of the things that makes me think about Crystal is that so many times I feel like people chase all the accolades like that. They say, hey, you know, like, like I want to be, how can I be in one of these Amazon ads? Or how can I be in this? Or how can I go to headquarters? Or how can I be on, uh, get the speaking opportunity? What I always say is, if you sell enough stuff, if you make enough money, like you will get the attention, no matter what, yep. if you do what you're supposed to do and the thing that you do, you will get all the attention that comes along with it. But I feel like too many people are trying to shortcut the process mm-hmm. and want the attention, which oftentimes... The attention doesn't even get you what you think it will. I remember so many times me and Ronnie would would do a big press hit or do a big campaign, and we think, hey, you know, everything, we'd have a little talk. Ronnie, <laughs> things are about to be different. Everything changes for me. And after that, with nothing, we'd be right back in the same situation. But what we could always lean back on was the fact that we had a business, was the fact that we had sales, and we didn't lose focus on the main thing. So I, yep. I love the fact that you built the business and all these things found you. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, you did a, a show with Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So I'm on the show called Game Plan. It's on TNT, um, episode two. So yeah, Shaquille O'Neal was able to come to my house with Lisa Leslie um, and give me some great advice about my business. That was, I tell you, you got to keep your eye on your emails. (laughs) Seriously, all these opportunities have come to me in email with somebody reaching out and saying, hey, we've seen you, you're doing this and that. You know, would you be interested in doing this? Mm. Amazing experience. Um, again, something that I never would have expected. Whatever happened to me, and I have Shaquille's phone number and Lisa Leslie. We text. I love it. You know, never would have expected anything like that to to happen. Um, that's why you have to publish. You know, because mm-hmm. when you publish, you do become. People don't realize that you become like a little celebrity. You know, in your own right, because. Most people want to publish a book. It's on most people's bucket list, but most people won't publish a book. That's good. Because it's work. So when you do it, a lot of people in your world have probably never met another author. So when they meet you, they're like, oh, wow, you're an author. It just gives you, it's it's nice. I like the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, you've done it. You've done a TV shows. You've done all these different things, right? We talked about mistakes that authors should not make because this is what they do a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about some of your process. So if they're starting out right now and they get started, what I've seen you do continuously is you do a great job of starting with the end in mind. What is what I always kind of talk about on you know the TSP side of like I said not just leading with your heart. And what was what was the term used? It was it was uh, purpose driven or purpose mm-hmm. instead of passion driven. <laughs> all these P's 
instead of passion driven publishing, okay, I talk about profit driven publishing. publishing. Okay, yeah. So with your profit driven publishing, instead of starting, you know, with my heart and this is, you know, I got this book I want to just kind of get off my chest in the world needs to see it and know what's going on with me. I don't care if any no one reads it. We're not doing that. No. We said we want everybody to read it, right? We want to get these, this money off the table. Mm-hmm. I call it, you know, we want to get our kids out the street. Uh, <laughs> money just running rampant out there in the street. We got to go collect it. So I like how you start with the end in mind. Because oftentimes, mm-hmm. like you said, what I've seen you do consistently is say, all right, you know, there's already traffic out here. There are already people looking for these topics. Um, you know, what are the topics they look for? That's, is that how you begin most of the books or all well, the books? Well, yeah. Okay. So the thing I didn't mention is that, so I have books under my name, Crystal Swain Bates. Yeah. Those are my children's books. But then I have a whole bunch of other books under a whole bunch of pen names that I do not share. And so that's what I do with those books. I look and I see what are people really looking for right now? What kind of books do people really need? And then I create those books and then they sell. Okay. So <laughs> so once you do the research, or how do you do that? Is like a certain method you do the research? Yeah. So I go on Amazon and it's a lot of just, you know, really it's a lot of just typing in, but you can literally go on Amazon. You can go to the search bar and I'll do something like set the category to books and then I'll type in books about, and then I'll type the letter A and a list. It's going to self-populate with some ideas. It might be books about animals because we're in the letter A books about Alzheimer's. It's going to give you a whole bunch of different stuff. That is populated with searches that people are actually searching, the top searches. So now I get to see, okay, this is what people are looking for. All right, let me put in the letter B, books about, I put in B, it's going to show books about baseball, books about boys, books about black girls. It's going to show me things. And then I'm going to just do the research from there. You can do, um, take those keywords. You can go into Google um, Keyword Finder and figure out how many searches that's getting per month. There, and these are free things you can do. Exactly. There are some paid tools that you can use, but if you're just starting out, you can literally do these things for free. And that's how I start. I'll go right on Amazon. Amazon is the best research tool that you can use for something like this. I look and I see what books are already out there. Um, what's missing? How are these books selling? And if I see that those books are selling extremely well, all right, well, I guess we need another book about baseball, you know? <laughs> so I'll do it. I'll put it out there. And it's one of those things where you can't overthink it. Um, you need to be just good at executing. Just put it out there. Um, because the sooner you publish it, the sooner you can start making money. So as an example, this is how I discovered this process. So I had already published my other books and I was like, man, this is great. I'm enjoying this money. Yeah. Um, I'm able to travel. I have like added freedom. What else can I publish? Because now I've gotten really good at it. So I said, I'm about to publish some, just some coloring books. It was a few weeks before Halloween and I published a Halloween coloring book just for fun. Lamar, when I tell you <laughs> that book sold $5,000 worth. I'm talking about to me, my money. Wow. I earned $5,000 within the first few weeks of that book being up. And that was when I said, okay. (laughs) He's just trying to get serious, Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah, that's when I started publishing all types of books. I mean, coloring books and journals and workbooks. And I can do word searches and activity books. Things that you literally don't think about are the things that I'm able to publish. And uh, in 2020... I was able to sell so many of these books because people were actively searching. Um, people were at home. Mm-hmm. So many of the, these books sold. I mean, 
Can I tell you just one or two numbers? Yeah, please do. We love numbers here. All right. So I had a couple of $40,000 months just from Amazon book sales. Wow. A couple $50,000 months. Wow. In some 30s. And most people would, would imagine, they wouldn't even think that that was possible. Ev- I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was possible at that time until it happened. That's when I was like, you know what? If I had never had those books already just there, you know, they were making some money. They weren't making that much money. I think the most that those particular books had made was 16K per month. But once they really started taking off, and these were like toddler coloring books, things that people needed, right? That's some good money to be making when you at home sitting around and you just wake up and you check your sales. That's some good money. And for something that you created, maybe, you know, these these books taking off, you probably created years before then. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. So it's like little, each book is a little asset. You know, it's an asset Mm. that I've created, I own, it's my IP, and this book could take off, you know, a couple of months from now or a year from now. But the point is, it's an asset. I've kind of, you know, I'm sowing seeds. Every little book I publish, I'm sowing seeds, profitable seeds. (laughs) I love it. So so let me ask you this, um, because I've heard you also talk about the importance of researching the reviews on Amazon. Can we yes. talk about that a little bit and what that Yes, like? yes, yes. So um, the first thing is for reviews. People don't focus enough on getting book reviews. That is the most important thing you can do for your book. Outside of making sure the cover is good, all that jazz, you need book reviews. Because I don't know about you, Lamar, but I don't buy stuff on Amazon if it does not have a review. Correct. I don't trust it. So I tell it people- It looks a little fishy. It, it does. Like when something ain't there, like look, even if it had, was worse if it got like a lot of, um, uh, ratings, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, but it's like, no, I want to see somebody type in, like, literally tell me about something. And then I want to see yeah. more of them because if it's just two or three, I think it's all their friends and family. Exactly. So I tell my authors, try to get at least your first 25 reviews as quickly as possible. I would prefer to see it within the first three weeks of you publishing your book. That's good. 25. Because I feel like it's 25. It's a safe number. Like, okay, if I, if I see a book, it's got 25 reviews. They look pretty good. All right, I trust it enough to buy it. People do not, most of the books that I look at have no reviews or less than 10 reviews. You cannot sell your book if you don't have reviews. Mm. Um, and if no one's buying your book, it's a, for a couple of different reasons. It could be that the title does not truly indicate what the book is about, the cover is not good, or your price is too high. And that's something I see a lot. Like if you really want to get your book sales, you want to make sure that the price is something that I like to call it like a spontaneous buy, an impulse buy. It needs to be something low enough where you're kind of like, oh, I could lose that money. If it's not good, it's okay. You know, so I feel like that's kind of like, it depends on the book, but anything under $20, I feel comfortable with. Okay. Um, for an unknown author, right? With no reviews <laughs> or, you know, not a lot of reviews. Yep. Um, but you want to make sure the price isn't set too high. Um, do you have a book description? You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't even have any description or it's a horrible description. Um, yeah. I love it. So what's next for you? Oh my goodness. What is next for me? Um, well, I'm still working with my, uh, my Facebook group and growing my authors. So what I've started doing now is helping other people not just publish their books, but actually launch publishing agencies okay. to help other people publish their books. So that's going very well. Um, and I like the idea of that because a lot of times I find when people 
actually do publish a book. Mm-hmm. Other people come out of the woodworks like, tell me how you did it. Exactly. Did you go through somebody? Was it self-published? Self-published? Yep. Did you sell them through Amazon? Who printing the books? Where you get them at was the cause? <laughs> Who did the illustration? All those different things. Yeah. So, so by just going through the process, mm-hmm. it is a lot of knowledge that they gain, right, just by getting that first book out. Yeah, that's exactly it. Once you publish your book, everybody wants to know how you did it, and you should be getting paid to to help them do it. Um, So that's going well. My clients are loving that. Um, I'm always working on books. So my goal is to publish 100 books, 100 books under my Crystal Swain Bates um, name. So that's 100 um, Black children's books. That's my goal. How many are you at right now? (sighs) 16. Okay. 16. So, um, <laughs> chop, chop. What are you doing chop, sitting here with me? Chop. <laughs> <laughs> books to write. <laughs> yeah, books to write. So, I actually have like five that are done. I just need to okay. release them. Um, so, publishing those books and just really focusing on helping as many people as possible get their books out. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And let me ask you because you got 16, how many books in total between all the different pen names and different things? Hmm. Um, there are about at this point, oof, almost a hundred. Really? There we go. I love it. <laughs> I want to clarify because people be listening halfway. Somebody be like, "This lady making forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a month <laughs> off of just sixteen books." All right? So I did. I did want to clarify. No, that, that not off the sixteen, y'all. <laughs> I love it, but y'all, you're you here, right? She's talking about. Um, creating quality product at volume. Because you, mm-hmm. you said those two things too. Like, hey, I yeah. want the cover to be good. The, the content is going to be good. Mm-hmm. But we're going to use volume too because it's all a numbers game. And it's, yep. I find like so much of business is just really math. It is. And it's like the 80-20 rule, really. I noticed that with my books, 20% of those books do the best. The other ones, they'll, they'll get a little bit. But it's mm-hmm. 20% that are making the bulk of the money. So if I just keep increasing the count of the books, that's more yeah. of the 20% that I'll have. You know? And you got a better chance to find that 20 that, That's the thing, mm-hmm. right? When you only got one or two books, yep. it literally just could be you just don't have enough to find that that 20% is going to give you 80% of the outcome. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love it. All right. How can they find out more about you? Where can they find you at on social, on the web, things like that? So definitely join my Facebook group. Again, it's Six Figure Self-Publishing Secrets with Crystal Swain Bates. And you can, if you're interested in anything to do with publishing, visit me at selfpubclub.com where I have courses and coaching and access to my community as well. All right, guys, and there you heard it. I know a lot of you are authors or thinking about being authors. Hey, I want you to make sure you tap in with Crystal Swain Bates. She is the expert, I'm telling you. There are not many people in this world that have sold over 600,000 books on Amazon. You are watching one today. Make sure you connect it. Make sure you join the Facebook group and make sure you get access to everything she has so that you can blow up your publishing empire. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Podcast. Don't forget to download and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, visit us at www.trafficsalesandprofit.com forward slash podcast. On that page, you'll have all the links to follow us on social, me at Lamar Tyler and the at Traffic Sales and Profit brand, in addition to information on our upcoming events, information on how to get a free copy of my paperback book, and more so that you can be the best entrepreneur possible. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next episode.